after six long months away, I gotta say, it feels real good being back behind this microphone. Thank you so much for tuning back into the Winning to Wealth podcast. This is episode 58, and I'm going to be sharing how and why my family not only went back into consumer debt, but left the FIRE movement as well. Let's get to it. Okay, so January 26, 2020 started off like really any other Sunday. My family woke up, we went to church, came home, ate lunch, and I took my Sunday nap just like I do every other Sunday. Now, not long after I'd fallen asleep, my wife was waking me up and I just knew something was wrong. Like I could look at her face and just tell something was off, like something had gone horribly wrong in the little bit of time that I was asleep. And what she said to me was, hey, I didn't want to wake you, but I wanted you to find out for me. Kobe Bryant just died in a helicopter accident. Now, for a little backstory, I am one of the biggest Kobe Bryant fans that I know. Like, I've bought all of his books. I have gone to see him play in person. And I have probably watched every single media interview that he's ever done that's on YouTube, like searching for those gold nuggets that he was known to drop. So to say that I was distraught by this news was really an understatement. Like, the fact that my wife thought to wake me up um, so that I would find out from her and not from my phone when I woke up from my nap just speaks to the level of respect and admiration that I have for Cope. And then to learn that even more lives were lost, like as the day went on, including kids, just really, really shook me to my core. And to be honest, there are still moments today where I'm like, wow, like Kobe's really gone. And you know, it was just an unexpected loss considering really he was only 41 and the way the whole thing went about. So, you know, we get through that. Then fast forward to March and COVID starts spreading like crazy. And then shortly after that, I get furloughed in April. And then in May, I get laid off. Now, exactly 10 days after I was laid off, George Floyd gets murdered at age 46. And if you've been here, you remember that I took a week off from podcasting when that happened. And I came back with what is really still my favorite recording on this podcast. And it was an episode entitled, Can Financial Independence Be a Form of Activism for Black Americans? And and honestly, like looking back at that time, I really realized that it wasn't just the losses of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Ahmaud Arbery that made me record that episode. It was really all of the loss I had endured throughout that year from, again, Kobe to my career to, you know, these these black people um, who were, in my eyes, unjustly murdered. And so the hits were coming, they were coming fast, they were coming hard, and it felt like really outside of our faith, obviously, the one thing that we didn't really have to worry about was money. Not only that, but like we were able to do things like donate to the Taylor, Arbery, and Floyd families. We did a cash giveaway for essential frontline workers. 
we made a sizable donation to the Houston Food Bank. And we were just able to do so much financially during a time where, again, I wasn't earning a paycheck. And so, you know, looking back on that, you know, at a time when so many other peoples were panicked and rightfully so, we were really able to pivot because we were in such a good financial position. Then came August 28th, which was 15 days after my 31st birthday. The world lost another icon in Chadwick Bozeman to colon cancer, and he was only 43 at the time. Now, why is all of this loss so important and how does it tie into us going back into debt and leaving the fire movement? Well, I'm glad you asked. Now, for you longtime listeners, you all know that my wife and I were part of the fire movement or financial independence retire early movement, and we had this plan to be retired by age 40. Now, truthfully speaking, had I not been laid off, we probably would have reached that goal around, I would say, 37 or 38. But the loss of two icons in their early 40s really made me take a hard look and reevaluate our goals. And I got to say, I never felt like we were doing anything wrong, but we had gone from $61,000 in debt in 2014 to being almost halfway retired just six years later. And although we said yes to a lot during those six years, I mean, we traveled, we went to sporting events, we visited family. I mean, we just did so much. We also had to say no to a lot in order to put ourselves in such a great position. But I got to thinking, And I kept coming back to this thought, like, what if we made all of those hard choices only for one of us to tragically pass away like two or three years after we reach fire? I had thought about that before, but I hadn't really thought about it. Like, would the sacrifices really have been worth it? You know, what would I have wanted to do differently if I knew that I was living my last few years. And I mean, sure, I knew my daughter would be set for life and all those great things. But would I, would we do things the same way? Would we continue on the same path if we could start over at the beginning and know you've only got this amount of time left? Now, don't get me wrong. We were far from miserable on our fire journey. Like we had a blast. We had a lot of fun, did a lot of great things. And I'm not saying that I would choose to go back and swing the pendulum all the way back the other way and just become completely reckless. Like that's not, it's not what this is about. But I kept thinking, what if we could find ways to be even more balanced in the present day? Like, what if we worked jobs that were actually more meaningful, more fulfilling, even if we took a pay cut, but they came with more control over our time, which is what we say is the most valuable thing to us. Like, if you ask anybody, they'll say time is the most valuable asset. So what if we could do that? What if instead of saving 60% of our income, We could cut that number down to 
40% or even 25, 30%. And we created more room to enjoy life today while still being proactive and chasing these goals we have for the future. Like, would that be worth it? Would those changes be worth it? And I could not turn my brain off from going into that place and asking these questions. Now, before I continue, I do have to be transparent and honest and say that I do understand that we're only in the position to even have this kind of conversation because of the hard choices that we made in the past. But again, I just kept wondering if we really had to continue down the path of working over 40 hours a week, traveling 50% of the time, being away from my family, and just dealing with so much craziness in corporate America for the sake of retiring early and getting my time back. At the end of the day, I just didn't believe that I had to continue down that path. But being the nerd that I am, I needed to back up what I saw with data and numbers and all that weird stuff. And listen, I got to be honest, I was definitely shocked by what I saw because what I saw was actually a better way of doing things from where we are now. And it was really a way that allowed us to control more of our time today while still being set up for a fantastic retirement later. Here's what happened. I realized when I took a look at the numbers that if we never invested another dime, we would have over $3 million by age 65, which is in like 33-ish years for us, which is like way more than our fire number, like almost triple our fire number. And matter of fact, if we don't contribute another dime to any of our investment accounts, we should reach our fire number around our 49th birthday, which is about 17-ish years from now. I mean, it's just mind-blowing. Like, we had more than reached Coast Fire, which is essentially when the money you have invested today will grow enough to where you can comfortably retire at age 65 or whenever it is that you plan to retire. Having this realization was a beautiful thing. Like, I knew we were close. I knew we were almost there, but I didn't know that we were actually there and, like, how far along we had come. But the only thing about Coast Fire is we still have to make money to cover our living expenses for the next 17 years instead of, say, the next five years, six years or eight years, kind of like, you know, what we were on track for with our fire plan originally. Now, realistically, it won't be 17 because we are still investing some each month, but I'm just kind of keeping it simple here. So our core essential expenses are roughly... 3000 to 3100 a month. So let's say that's 37 grand we need to make each year just to cover our essential expenses and this actually includes timing our mortgage payoff to coincide with us reaching that fire number. Now, my wife Taylor loves teaching and she makes a lot more than 37k. So our essentials are more than covered even if I personally never worked another day. But that's just not in me, as you guys probably know by now. And since I've really wanted to be done with corporate America for so long, 
I knew that I needed to create my own business. And so that's what I did back in November. I created a referral agency for local cleaning services. So what I do is I use the sales and marketing skills I've built over the last decades and I find customers for local cleaning businesses and I take a percentage of that total, kind of like a middleman. I assume all responsibility for the job. So if it goes well, I get the praise. If it goes bad, I get the bad reviews. I handle all the customer service. So all the phone calls, everything, all the sales, all the marketing, etc. And all my cleaning partners do is do what they do best, which is show up and clean homes and businesses. That's it. It's a beautiful partnership. And this month, May of 2021, we actually had our first 10K month after just six months in business. Now, building this business while being a stay-at-home dad is a huge reason why the podcast went on hiatus. Truthfully speaking, I mean, I have dozens of interviews recorded and really ready to be edited that I could have dropped this entire time. I have hundreds of ideas for solo episodes just like this one written down, ready to be outlined and recorded. It it wasn't a matter of me being done with the show or me not having content. Um, and it, it was just about me taking control over my time fully and unapologetically. But first, I do want to say thank you to everyone who reached out and asked me about the show. I mean, you guys have no idea how much it meant to me to hear you guys share what the show meant to you and how you were looking forward to it being back. Um, so thank you to everyone who personally reached out to me. But now let's talk about why I chose to build a referral business um, instead of going any other any other way that I could have gone. So the fact is the janitorial industry or the cleaning industry is a multi-billion dollar industry, but a lot of the processes and the procedures are so dated. Like, and you know this, if you have a cleaning service that comes to your home, most cleaning companies don't offer online booking. Most can't accept a card online. Most don't have text and email reminders. These are all things that I knew how to build because of the work that I was doing while I was running Winning to Wealth. So it's a proven industry, right? People are doing it. People are making good money. But there's also massive growth opportunity for somebody to step into this lane that's tech savvy. And so that was really important to me that the industry that I chose was something that was proven where I could step in. I've seen other people make money in this industry, in this niche, and there was growth opportunity and I could fill that gap with what I already knew. Second, because I'm only responsible for like taking phone calls and booking clients and assigning teams to those clients instead of actually going out and physically cleaning homes myself, I can work from anywhere where I have Wi-Fi. So the idea of cleaning homes and businesses, that's proven. There's unlimited earning potential, check, and it can be done from anywhere in the world. To me, that sounds just like the perfect opportunity for somebody that's reached Coastify and is just looking to cover their monthly expenses while still being in control of their time. And I'll be honest, in the six months, it's been just that. So now that we're in this position, we started to think about what we wanted to do. Like, you know, now that we have all this time. How are we going to spend it? And 
we decided that first things first, we got a lot of ground that we want to cover throughout the United States, a lot of places we want to see. And so we decided to try our hand at road tripping for an extended period of time this summer with a travel trailer. Now, here's the thing. We decide that we want to travel. We want to get a travel trailer. We don't want to fly around. We don't want to do hotels. We've done that for years. We want to do this camping thing. And the only problem with that was we didn't actually own a truck or an SUV that was big enough to pull the tank trailer. (laughs) So, you know, not a bad problem because I've always wanted a truck. And so we just started looking for one. Now, you guys know that I am team used cars all the way. Two to three years old is my sweet spot because it's still a newer vehicle, but someone else already took the big depreciation hit for you. So that's kind of like where I like to stay. And the only problem with that is right now, the car market is completely flipped. It's outrageous. Like when I started looking at trucks, I was noticing that used trucks were selling more than the new ones. So I, for example, I test drove this small two-year-old GMC Canyon with like 10K miles on it one weekend. Two-year-old car, 10K miles, perfect for what we wanted to use it for. The dealer wanted $32,000 for this mid-sized truck and there was no negotiating to be done. Now, they did let me keep the truck for the weekend because they were trying to sell it to me. I brought it back on Monday and I was like, no, I don't think I'm going to get it. Trying to play hardball, hoping that they would negotiate. They literally let me walk out the door and by Wednesday, the truck was sold. I kid you not. Like, unbelievable. So then... I'm doing my research. I noticed that there's this dealer near me who has these crazy rebates going on. So I messaged a friend of mine in California who runs another Chevy dealership with a deal that I'm seeing. And I'm like, you know, this is what I'm seeing. What do you think? And he's like, bro, jump on it. I'm like, eh, okay. You know, he's in Cali. So like he's used to inflated prices. So, you know, 30K to him, probably not that big of a deal. It's still a huge deal to me. So, I decided to call a few Chevy dealers here in Houston and I told them, Hey, I'm talking to this dealer. This guy at this dealer got a 2021 Silverado for only 28,000. Again, Silverado, 28,000, small little GMC Canyon, two years old, 10,000 miles for 32,000. I text one sales rep, a screenshot of the price online because he did not believe me. Every single dealer I called told me to go buy the truck that day. So I call Taylor and I'm like, hey, when you get home, we're going to get a truck because with this computer chip shortage, there's only like 11 trucks on the lot. I know which color I want. I know the exact truck I want. We got to go get it because it's going to be gone this weekend. And they're not negotiating price like it is what it is. And so we get there and I'm fully prepared to like write a check for this thing. Um, We agree on a price. Then we get to the finance office and I learned that almost $10,000 worth of rebates is contingent upon us actually financing the truck with GM Financial. No financing, no rebates, $10,000. And now I've already gone back on my no new vehicles rule in the first place. So I'm a little uneasy at this point, but then I realized that, that really buying this truck was not about me buying a truck just because I want to buy a truck or because I want to look cool. This is about us moving towards the life we want to live. 
And it wasn't a matter of us not even being able to afford the truck. Like we could have bought the whole inventory on that lot with cash. They only had, like I said, they only had like 10 or 11 trucks. So we financed the truck and obviously we'll pay it off soon. Um, and that's how we ended up back in debt. And that's also why we decided to abandon the fire movement is because uh, we are actually at a place of being coast fire. And for those of you who aren't familiar with Coast Fire, you can Google it. You can learn a lot more about it. But essentially, it's when you get to the point where what you have invested today will continue to grow and compound until you reach the retirement age and be enough or more than enough for you to comfortably retire on. That's really kind of the shortened definition of it. But like I said, you can Google it, learn a lot more about it. Um, but. I'm excited, guys. I'm I'm really excited. Not only because we're in this great financial place, but like I enjoy building the business. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I, I'm a salesperson by nature, so like you know, that's one thing I've missed in in my last job. You know, really quick, my last job I was selling you know, two hundred thousand, five hundred thousand, seven hundred thousand dollar deals, and these things would take like six months. Now I loved it. It was big money. It was great. It was a lot of fun. But I didn't realize how much I actually enjoyed making five, six, seven, eight small sales in a day. Like the rush I get from that is just ridiculous. And so I'm excited about I'm excited to wake up and do this work every day. I'm excited about the fact that I don't have to be tied to any geographical location to do this work. I'm excited that we've put ourselves in a position to pursue something that we're really excited about in road tripping and traveling around the country with this trailer. Um, I'm excited about being a stay at home dad. And I'm also excited to be back here with you guys, podcasting, recording episodes, talking money with my fellow money nerds. And with that said, I really hope you guys enjoyed this particular episode. As I mentioned, I do have a lot of great interviews left, but here's the thing. You won't be hearing those soon. And here's why. So I have decided to break up this podcast into seasons. And so what you're hearing now is episode one of season two. Now, I've got a lot to talk about over the season because, again, I haven't talked about money like this in over six months. So for the time being, it'll just be me. And when I'm done with season two, I'll take a few weeks off and I'll use that time to edit and schedule out the interviews for season three. And let me tell you. I got some heat. I got mortgage payoff stories. I got debt payoff stories. I got millionaire stories. And I'm telling you, you're going to love it. So stick with me for season two. Let me get some things off my chest. And I promise you, you will also love season three. Now, hopefully you all understand where we're at at this point in our lives. Our focus is on making memories as a family and being of service to our community in a way that honors God. So As much as I absolutely love podcasting and I do really love you all and I love this show, it is a hobby for me and I have to treat it as such until something changes. But I promise you, I will be consistent this season, starting with this episode. So if you're not subscribed, be sure to get subscribed so you can be notified when we drop another episode in exactly seven days. Guys, I got to tell you, it does. It feels really good to be back behind this microphone. It like it really, really does. But let me let me know how you guys feel and what's new with you. So go find me on Instagram at Went Into Wealth. Drop a comment. Send me a DM. After all this time, I mean, I'd love to hear from you. See how you're progressing on your debt-free journeys, your wealth-building journeys. Again, that's Winning to Wealth on Instagram. 
drop me a DM. Let's talk. But until we talk again, keep racking up those wins one at a time. Take care. We'll be right back.